Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode features one of the three guests on my hour-long NPR show, heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the family-owned foreman pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. Good enough for you to eat, but your cats won't appreciate that. I had a most interesting experience going to VMX, the big veterinary conference in Orlando. You never know what you're going to find out when you go someplace thinking you're looking for one thing and you find many other things. And one of the things I found was a company that was new to me that has veterinary clinics that are different from any other veterinary clinic I ever heard of. It's called Heart and Paw. And I went up and I interrupted people wearing Mickey Mouse ears and cat ears (laughs) And one of them was Julia Gefter, and she kind of runs the place. And I said, Julia, let's come on, come on my show and let's talk about what Heart and Paw is doing that, to me, changes in some ways the landscape of, of being a veterinarian for the veterinarians who are lucky enough to work for you. So welcome to the show, and how exciting to be part of kind of a new model for what a, what a veterinarian's clinic and, and lifestyle can be like. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, Tracy. So happy to be here today. One of the um, yes. Yeah, so, let me yeah. just say that one of the other things that I found um, that surprised me at VMX was a great deal of talk about diversity and inclusiveness and people of color being not feeling welcome and not feeling part of the veterinary community, and also not one more vet. And I've I've talked to Darlene Boss, who runs that. The whole idea, I think, is very unusual for those of us who receive veterinary care to find out that veterinarians are deeply unhappy, that the way the business has been run is not good for their mental health or social health. And I was just very excited to discover you were doing something different in a landscape where there's problems that we as consumers of veterinary care don't even realize. So that must have been something your company realized when it when it developed itself to be different f- for a good reason. So now you tell your story, but I just want to explain why you stood out so much for me was because the alternative was causing a lot of problems for veterinarians, which I didn't realize. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tracy. So... Heart and Pot is a very special place. We were founded in 2018 by Dr. George Malilo, 
Um, we are a veterinary-led operations team, meaning our veterinarians are the ones who work with our centers. Heart and Paw right now, we've got 20 centers across 10 states. And really, we set out to reimagine a veterinary space um, and create a place for pet care with, that delivers a low-stress journey for pets and pet parents, but also enables our veterinarians to practice in a healthy, happy, and most importantly, sustainable way. Um, and we do that through building a community around our team. So our veterinarians are always supported by a larger community of veterinarians across all of our heart and paw locations. They're literally speaking daily about cases, about compassion fatigue, or how to manage through certain situations. So they really feel fully supported from the ground up at Heart and Paw and from the top down through their veterinary-led operations team. So rather than a big corporation owning a clinic as one of many clinics or even an individual clinic being run by maybe the practice manager or a business manager, it's the veterinarians who are driving the conversation about what each even visit looks like, what e the shape of each day, what a veterinarian's personal life feels like in delivering medical care. The veterinarians are the ones that are telling and talking to each other about problems and solutions. Is, is that what we're saying? That is correct. So our, we call them our partner doctors. So our medical directors or our lead veterinarian at each of our clinics are the ones that lead the practice. And they partner directly with our operational leaders who are also more experienced veterinarians in some cases. So when they're trying to make decisions about the client experience, the pet experience, certain cases, they are the ones making the decision. And if they need support, they reach out to the broader veterinary team. They also do have center leaders. So they always have a business manager on site to support them, but it is the partner doctor that is responsible ultimately for the centers. So I guess what what struck me as being so vitally important for veterinary, to, for veter being a veterinarian as a profession to be something that will continue to attract the best and the brightest, if you will, and not lose so many practitioners along the way because they don't have support, because they don't, they don't have the infrastructure so that when they have a question about how to handle a person or a pet, I mean, it might be a personal, personal problem, right? A person that's not understanding, a person that's out of control, upset, grief, anger, frustration. I imagine that's a big problem for veterinarians. What do you do with that? Or you have yeah. a, a case where you... You're trying to make a diagnosis, and it's you haven't got one yet. I mean, I just recently have heard from half a, half a dozen friends, not themselves, but either them or a friend, where they've even had their dogs at specialty hospitals. The dogs are incredibly ill. No one can figure it out. Now, we're not used to that so much in human medicine. We're used to doctors saying, oh, it's this. We're going to cut. We're going to, uh, you know, do some other modality. We're going to do medicine, maybe even admit the person. But we're not used to 
what can happen in veterinary medicine because the patient doesn't speak English, which is, I don't know what's wrong. And I imagine for a lot of veterinarians, that's a really daunting process. I mean, they're frustrated, they're worried, they're upset, and they still have to somehow comfort the pet owner and still seem like an authority figure and a knowledgeable person. Do you think that makes up a lot of the frustration for veterinarians who are practicing alone in an exam room and sort of just having to figure it out on the fly by themselves, whether they're one year out of vet school or they've been practicing for 40 years? I guess it's kind of lonely. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of some of the veterinarians can exhibit compassion fatigue. So you can go from one appointment where you're seeing a new puppy and everybody is all happy and smiling and puppies kissing you and licking you to the next appointment. You have a very sick pet. Um, So that emotional roller coaster is real. And our doctors have to deal with that each and every day. And we feel that as a as a company, Heart and Paw, we want to be supportive and be there for our doctors. We understand that that is so incredibly trying emotionally, physically, and we want to make sure that they have the space to take a moment, go in the back if they need to compose themselves, if they need to take the rest of the day off because something traumatic happened. We want to be there to support them. And we know that by doing that, they will be loyal to Heart and Paw. They will have longevity. Our clients will have a great care team that really intimately knows their pet. Um, I mean, that's one of the other things I think that makes Heart and Paw so special is that we really believe in long appointment times. So yes, we're you not mentioned that. That was amazing. Clinic. Correct, correct. And we want to spend the time with our clients to get to know the pets and to get to know the pet parents, which is about low stress. So every pet parent is different, and it's important for us to know them personally and know their pet so we can collaboratively make the best choices for that pet. Um, And Heart and Claw, we're rooted in wellness and prevention. So when we start seeing a pet, you know, of course, we'll, we'll treat sick pets when they come through the door, but our goal is prevention so that our pets are able to live their longest, happiest, and healthiest life possible. And, and and give people, the owners, as well as the doctors, and, and I, we're leaving out the vet techs because that's also a big, I think, a big part of your business model is the vet techs are people too. Geez, surprise. They have emotions. They're there supporting the vet. They're there supporting the pet parent. And they have stress and they have questions and they may feel at times inadequate or disrespected. I mean, there's so many elements to what happens emotionally for veterinarians and vet techs that that time in the exam room for everyone to be able to have a conversation, not with a ticking clock, but a sense of what else is on your mind? Have you noticed anything else that's bothering the dog or the cat? Do you have concerns? Because I think that prevention is often in noticing things early, but you have to be encouraged to do that. I mean, we know that in human medicine that the questions that are asked by a doctor, if they have more than 10 minutes for an appointment, which sometimes they don't, the questions they ask bring out many issues about health, particularly for women. 
women's heart health, women's reproductive issues, that people don't talk about it unless they're invited to. And having a 30-minute conversation with a veterinarian gives you a lot of time to mention something, to bring something up, and then have it on the table as something that's in the chart, that's written down, that we've noticed, in a, so that if it were to come up again in six months or six years, that it would have already been noticed and maybe nothing more than noticed. I think that time that you mentioned was really quite remarkable. 30 minutes is a massive amount of time. I imagine it costs you more money to allot that amount of time to each to each, <laughs> yes. right? I mean, in <laughs> the short term, yeah, it costs yeah. you money. Absolutely. It does. However, our clients understand and appreciate the time that we spend with them. And we know that that drives loyalty in our client base. So they know that we're making an investment in them and their pet to really get to know them on a personal level. So to get more heart and paw clinics, because it sounds really appealing, you, as I understood it when we talked at VMX, in some cases you're buying the practices of vets who are retiring, but then you're often completely rebuilding the physical clinic because clinics get old and worn out and the equipment is dated. So are you always in the process or, or some amount of continuously in the process of opening new centers? Uh, yeah, absolutely we are. And actually our predominant growth strategy is actually building new practices from the ground up. Oh. So new de novo practices. Absolutely. Um, and what's really exciting is we actually have a co-ownership program. So Heart and Paw will build the practice, but we're also looking for veterinary professionals who want to co-own those practices with us so they can assist in the building process and we can build clinics aligned to their specialty. Wow. But we've, you know, we've got a proven model. So, um, you know, we build those and, and we support and help them and manage the entire end-to-end process of construction. But for veterinarians who really want to be a part of the future, we will, you know, work with them to co-own a practice. Which is pretty much the opposite of a trend in the country, which is disturbing and distressing to some people that are looking at the 30,000-mile view or whatever you call it, which is that if giant Kaiser Permanente kind of companies buy up a lot of vet clinics, then it becomes corporate medicine. It becomes medicine yeah. that is by the books, by the numbers, by the codes, and not by a veterinarian's own instincts, skills, desires. I think this idea of, in a sense, you're giving vet clinics back to veterinarians many of whom have so burned out and are so exhausted by the practice of veterinary medicine that they've given up those reins of control to a kind of big brother in a way that makes everyone discontent. It doesn't really work. The personalization of veterinary care is what makes veterinarians so special and so different than other kinds of doctors or other kinds of professionals. The one other thing I want to make sure to to mention is that I said to you, are you actually recruiting veterinarians at VMX? Are you hoping to employ more veterinarians? And you said yes. And I said, 
So <laughs> are people coming to your booth and seeing who and what you are and wanting to be a vet at a heart and paw? And you said, yep, signing them up the whole time. So I was like, wow, this is really revolutionary. Young vets, older vets, burned out vets, discontented vets can say, oh, there's a different way of doing what I've wanted to do my whole life, and it's going to be better for all of us. I, I have to say that it was really quite eye-opening to me that you were actively finding veterinarians who wanted to come be at your clinics and wanted to be part of a heart and paw center. I mean, I guess that, that, that was probably not why they came to VMX. It wasn't why I went to VMX. I went for a variety of reasons. I think they probably had the surprise I did, which was, wow, there is, there's a better way, a kinder way, a more incorporated way to do this career. I th that's got to be a very cool feeling for you is all I can say. You must feel like the Pied Piper or something. You know, look, Heart and Paw, we have worked so hard to get to where we are, and it is a whole team of people. And we really are a team. We're a family. And I believe that the culture and mission of Heart and Paw is just so genuine that it shines through. And I really believe that that is the difference. When we talk to doctors that we recruit or vet techs or care coordinators, and we ask them, why did you come to Heart and Paw? And they said, it's because you guys are just good people. Wow. And we believe in what you're achieving. And that absolutely is the truth. I mean, I can tell you from personal experience, the people that work at Heart and Paw are a special group. They are just so kind and empathetic. It is a true team. Everybody is there for each other. Um, and it's just, it, it's a very special, unique workplace. And, you know, we've, we won a number of workplace awards for being a great place to work and a best workplace. Um, so those certifications are real. And we're just looking to bring other like-minded team members to join us. Well, I just want to say in, in honor of Valentine's Day, which is, <laughs> it, which is hitting right when this is going to be out into the world, congratulations on what you've created, all of you all of you at Heart and Paw, and I hope many other vets learn about it. And if you don't jump ship and go to a Heart and Paw center because it isn't near you, or you own your own practice, maybe there's a lot to be learned, and you can bring a lot of this kindness and gentleness to your own practices. Thank you so much, Julia Geffner, and thanks for being part of the, of the positive future of veterinary care. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will support all of these companies because they stand behind my mission, which is to bring you delightfully informative Pet Talk Radio. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. They make many non-chemical products for the inside and outside of your pets, as well as innovative foods like no-hide chews and the hybrid dry food wisdom, which sometimes is all that my Weimaraner Maisie will eat. I'm very grateful also to Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two extraordinary women, Allison and Hannah, who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It's higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thanks again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this one guest version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.